And good morning. Welcome to Kale and Company here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, 1450 AM in Concord, 1039 FM in the Capital Region, 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the world and around the clock on nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at nedelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. We're just uh, three guys here sitting around talking theater on a uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, Ray Dudley is here, Joel Mercier, and uh, both of them, along with our producer, Catherine Martinez, involved in a uh, great production coming up uh, in Laconia in the not-too-distant future. And it's called A Christmas Carol, the musical ghost story. And uh, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Great to have you along with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And uh, Joel, we'll we'll start with you. Uh, You are the the driving force uh, behind the show because you adapted the music. Most people are not accustomed to a, a Christmas Carol being... A musical, but in this case, it is. Yeah, especially a full-fledged musical. I think a lot of productions are play versions, and then they add in some Christmas carols, traditional carols here and there. Um, However, this production is a fully written musical with original music and underscore. Um, Of course, we do have some traditional carols in there as well. But yeah, I actually wrote it. uh, I started it in college, actually, which was a long, long time ago, um, as part of a project. It was a project to figure out, um, you know, I wasn't, as I wasn't a book writer back then, I was much more of a composer, and I wanted to just try working on a musical, and I figured I would take something super well-known so I didn't have to worry too much about the book, and I could just focus on the music. And then surely enough, when I ended up back in New Hampshire in 2010, we got to produce it for the first time, actually right here in Concord, at the Concord City Audi. Uh, and then we revamped it and brought it back in 2017 and 18, also here at uh, Concord City Audi, as well as um, NCCA Jeans Playhouse up in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And then last Christmas, uh, the um, Colonial and the Powerhouse Theater, uh, Powerhouse Collaborative Theater approached us and asked us if we wanted to do a joint project to bring it to the Colonial in Laconia. Here we are. <laughs> I, I tell you, it's great to have the, the Colonial in circulation these days. It's beautiful. I, it's a I, stunning theater. I have heard that. I have not been there. I will, I will be there. Uh, for, I would, for one of the shows next weekend. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. I, I would argue it is actually one of the top five most beautiful theaters now in New Hampshire. Yeah, it's yeah. gorgeous. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. So how did you get involved, Ray? A native of Wilmington, Massachusetts? <laughs> Joel. Yeah. <laughs> Joel. Joel. <laughs> I was involved in the 2017. The very, yeah, the, yeah, the revival sort of, yeah. we call it. <laughs> John Conlon was playing uh, Scrooge back then. Yes. And they needed somebody to play uh, Jacob Marley. So... I get a phone call, email, text, something, and uh, next thing I know, I'm up in Gene's Playhouse playing Jacob Marley, coming out of a freaking bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, but uh, Joel's, we've worked for a while together, and so it was a pleasure. The, the show was just a, a marvel, uh, a marvel. We made a stumble through last night, and uh, it was just I was so proud to get through it. Yeah, it's huge. And yeah, yeah, it it's was. It's a monster. Huge. It's a yeah. big, big show. All, it's, it's huge. all productions of Christmas Carol are huge because they're all yeah. fraught with, you know, large casts yeah. and um, lots of special effects and, and lots and lots of people who, you know, some some. It's funny. Everybody thinks of Christmas Carol as 
just about you know oh gosh you got to have a great Scrooge which is very true you do but it's all, but everybody has something to do so everybody has to be big yeah everybody has to be strong everybody has to be good and so it's just a huge production and then on top of that it's a musical so you yeah. have all the traditional musical aspects such as choreography and choral singing and sure. all that to add on top of traffic it. patterns for people that have to it's unbelievable yeah. what goes on there. I, I can imagine. So how, how large is the cast for the uh, show upcoming at the uh, Colonial? So this year, it, it's <laughs> I like to break it down because we, uh, we have 23 onstage adults. Yeah. Then we have, I believe, 19 or 20 children. However, then we also have about 16 or 17 members of a choir. This is the first this is the first year out of all the times I've ever done it. This is the first year we've added a choir. And part of it is because as beautiful as the colonial is, it's not the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. And we have a very large set. And so part of the challenge last year was that we had a large onstage adults cast and it was very tricky to move anybody with all those set pieces and giant costumes. Yeah, it's a lot of people. It is a yeah. lot of people. So this year we added the we, we were able to add the choir. That way they could add their sounds and they're also gonna be singing and caroling. Um, about 20 minutes before the show begins oh, nice. um, right on the stage. So as people are coming in, you'll get to hear all these fabulous traditional arrangements and carols. So is the, the choir on stage for the duration of the show? They actually, once they once the show starts, they move to the box seats because we oh, don't okay. actually sell the box seats. Yeah. So they'll be in the box seats, which is kind of neat because it, it actually takes the show, which you think of on that stage, and it's sort of, almost makes a semicircle towards the audience, you know, because now the show is not just the stage, it's also the box seats. It's like IMAX for theater. Right, yes, there you exactly. Go. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It really yeah. brings you right into the middle of it, I think. Boy, boy, that uh, that is terrific. And uh, uh, chances are, folks, if you have seen a production of uh, A Christmas Carol in New Hampshire, Joel has had something to do with it, right? <laughs> it's, <laughs> oh, it's, it starts oh. to feel that way, yeah, yeah. because, you know, we, we I, I, I originally, back in 2013, I wrote... I rewrote all the music for the Palace Theater's Christmas Carol in Manchester, New Hampshire as well, So, yeah. which is a completely a beautiful but a completely different production. Right. I, I sort of jokingly say this is my this is my Tim Burton version, the one that we're doing, yeah. and the Palace Theater's my Disney version. You know? Okay. All right. <laughs> Good. So, so what, what are the differences between the, uh, the Christmas Carol that we're uh, accustomed to and uh, the musical Ghost Story? Well, I'd like to say that there are no... M- Major differences in in the sense that what you expect to see when you come see Christmas Carol will be there. So it's not there are twists and turns, and there are some some aspects of it to help um, give it uh, a little bit of more perhaps more visual interest. I think we all have seen and heard Christmas Carol almost to death, right? In some sense, um, and so I there's enough in it that's a little bit different here and there. I think to keep your attention really drawn. But that said, it's 100% still the same story. Mm-hmm. It's all your favorite characters will be there. It's all set in Victorian England. It's, you know, everything is exactly as you'd want it to be. It's just, I think, heightened and, mm-hmm. and perhaps even better. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of how the aim was. We, um, I was very intrigued when I wrote it about um, just the fact that, you know, back in Dickens' day when he was writing about ghosts at Christmas time, mm-hmm. that was such a... A huge thing to do. I feel like we're a little dis- our society's a little desensitized at this point, right? So it doesn't quite have the same impact just to say, "Ooh, there was a scary ghost." Like we've seen far worse on cable television, right? Like that's not that scary anymore. Uh, so the idea was, how can we take some of those initial emotions that perhaps the Dickens audience felt when they read that first novella, 
and how can we transform that to a society today? So I think we've tried to pull on the you know, tug on the emotions a little bit more, the heartstrings, the, you know, a little, you know, there are some scary ghosts in it. There are some, we've tried to make some things with Tiny Tim a little bit more emotional than perhaps other versions. Um, we've tried to make, give Scrooge a reason to be who he is, mm-hmm. a reason for mm-hmm. being as angry as he is. Um, I think we can all relate a little bit to Scrooge. I think we've all had things in our lives and times in our lives where we've perhaps wanted to just go, ah, forget it you know <laughs> and so I, I hope it's more relatable was it was the first time where you played scrooge uh, with joel yeah this is it yeah, yeah. oh this I, is it yeah, yeah. i played uh, marley before right? so yeah um and to joel's point it's funny i as, as an actor i have to consider what my responsibility is and um so the first one i have is to joel's vision for scrooge and the production itself. And I need to stay true to that. He has a template for that. The next thing is, though, I have to somehow pull him out of the caricature that we we know him of and bring that relatability as a human to him. And it, it's really fascinating to try to mine certain, certain aspects of his character, um, certain vocal inflections that, that we can get to create that. And I'll tell you, last night during the crotchet scenes, man, I was just, I was breaking up. It's, it's, there's parts of this that are just heartbreaking. Yeah. Very yeah. emotional, huh? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was kind of the point, right? It's yeah. just we wanted to make the funny scenes funny. We wanted to make the emotional scenes emotional. And we wanted to yeah. make the scary Ooh. scenes scary, you know? And um, I think we've succeeded at that. And, and to Ray's point, you know, there are so many different Scrooges, right? If you think about not only productions, but movies you've seen. And, and Scrooge can be anything from, you know, Mr. Magoo or, you know, yeah. Mr., or Michael Caine in The Muppets. Mu- yes. All the way yes. to, you know, um, Reginald Owens and, you know. Albert, uh, Finney. Albert Finney. I mean, there's so many oh, different kinds. Yeah. And I think, when, you know, and it's a, there's a spectrum of Scrooges. And some are really scary and dry. Some are really goofy and funny and cranky and silly and, and, and everything in between. And, and I don't I think I think to Ray's point, not only does Ray have to find the Scrooge that works best for him, but he has to find the Scrooge that works best for the tone of the production. And that that's tricky, right? Because yeah, sometimes you might get somebody who has their own vision of Scrooge. Um, but that it doesn't work in this. Pro- it might work in a different production, yeah. but in the tone of a certain production, you know, everything has to kind of be cohesive, which is part of the director's job, right. um, trying to make sure there's a cohesiveness to it all. And it's going to take place at the uh, Colonial Theater in Laconia, uh, Friday, December sixteenth at seven thirty. Saturday, December seventeenth at two and seven thirty, and uh, on Sunday, December eighteenth at uh, two o'clock. So. Four performances. That's it. Stand by. You hear the music. We have to uh, exit stage left here for a couple of minutes and uh, take a quick break here on Kale and Company on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Ray Dudley and Joel Mercier here from A Christmas Carol, the musical ghost story, coming soon to the uh, beautiful Colonial Theater in downtown Laconia. We'll take a break and be right back. Carol and Company right here on WKXL. Thank you. 
Welcome back. It is Kale and Company. It's a rainy Wednesday here in New Hampshire. Great to have you along with us. Shouldn't this be snow at this time of year? I mean, it is December after all, but uh, I'm kind of thankful it's not. We are here with uh, Ray Dudley and Joel Mercier, both uh, integral parts of a show upcoming at the Colonial Theater in Laconia. It's A Christmas Carol, the musical ghost story. And, uh, Joel, how many original songs in the show? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't even know. Probably like... Too many to count. Yeah, like 12 uh, or 13, yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah it's, it's quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you wrote this quite some time ago. Yeah, I started it in college, and then I finished it in 2010. So it actually took almost eight, seven or eight years to get it all what? done. Um, not because it, it's, you know, just on and off. You know, you, yep. you get involved in other things, you go back to it, things like... I think what happened was in 2010, we were finally going to, like, really do it. And suddenly it was like, oh, I got to finish it. You know? So that's what I got. So what, what, what inspired you to tackle this particular project uh, years ago? Well, you know, as I mentioned, I, in college, I, I, um, I wanted to compose. I, I was a musical theater major at Hart mm-hmm. School in Connecticut. And um, I, I was also, I also composed and I wanted to do more of it. But I, at that time, I didn't, I, I didn't feel like a very experienced book writer. So I didn't want to create an original musical because that requires a whole extra piece, which is you know, creating a plot, creating characters, rising in you know actions, uh, you know climax, all of that. And I, I did not feel confident doing that. So I felt that taking something that was already in public domain and really well known that had a strong story, that would allow me to focus on just really writing the music and being able to focus on. So it was almost like an exercise and project. But I also picked a Christmas Carol because if I was going to put all that time into a project, I wanted to at least have a shot at getting it produced. And I figured, well. Everybody's always trying to produce Christmas Carol. Why not write a Christmas Carol version of Christmas Carol? And sure enough, now this production has gotten one, two, three, four, five. This will be its seventh production. Wow. Wow. No Muppets, though. No, no, no Muppets. Muppets. No, no Muppets. Muppets. <laughs> which is, which is That's next, right? <laughs> hey, if they called me and said, can we put Muppets in it, I'd be like, You'd put Muppets bring them in on. It, right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. So you said something very important. It's in the public domain. Yeah, the original story, novella, the, yes. Yeah, so there. Uh, I know with uh, a lot of productions, mo- most productions, uh, there are rights fees that have to be paid, but not for this one? Uh, just to me. <laughs> just, just to you. Just to you. Okay, well, that's that's where you wanted to go, right? That's right. Yeah. That's, you are correct, yes. Yeah. Obviously, Charles Dickens, yeah. it was a long time ago, so the right. story is in public I, domain. Yeah. You don't know anything for it. I, I didn't know if anybody else had owned it over the years. But, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. I, I won't say who. Which yeah. I won't say the company. One year I got a call uh, that because somebody, a, a very prominent royalty company, was checking in because they were afraid I was stealing their material. They, I don't think they had any what? evidence to this. And I thought I said to them, I don't I wrote all of this. This is all 100% original and they said, "Well, we have a version that we license and, and we've we've been we we have been we've had a report that you've stolen something from it." And I and I which I of course had not. I mean, I, you know, sorry if if you I mean, I said, "Look, the it's the, the lyrics are a lot of the lyrics, some of the lyrics come straight from the novella." So if 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 I happen to if you and I happen to have the same lyrics, then we both stole them from Charles Dickens. <laughs> and yeah. I, and they asked, so they said, "Well, can you tell us if this is true?" And I said, no, you're gonna have to buy a ticket and see for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so I, I think they just let it go. <laughs> yeah. So so this is a, a show that uh, there are no royalties then for any theater that 
produces. A it depends, carol. of course. Yeah. If you if you if you are there are there are very established productions of it. Um, yeah. uh, the biggest one is the Menken version, the Alan Menken mm-hmm. version, which was on Broadway at one point. Um, there's also the Albert Finney one, which is not called Christmas Carol. I think it's just called Scrooge. That's the song. Thank you very much. You know that song yeah, is in there. Right. If you want to do those versions, you do have to license them because you are okay. not. It's not so much that you're licensing the story; it's you're licensing that specific script with all of its adaptations and all of its music. If you just want to create your own version and you use the words of Charles Dickens. And and you add then you can do whatever you want to it in terms okay. of adding Christmas carols and things like that. That is completely fine. It's just that if you start to get into the place where you're borrowing songs from things that are not public domain, right. then you have to be then you're, you you need to get the appropriate rights. Hmm. So if you were to add characters and that sort of thing, uh, let's say uh, Muppets, yeah, Muppets, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you were to, well, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. For, so, for, so as a good example, in our version, there's there are two characters called the Solicitors in the original story. Um, they're just called the Solicitors in Charles Dickens' words. Uh, I have named them Mrs. Root and Mr. Barkby. Um, that is original, and I am allowed to do that because it is a public domain story. So I can alter it. Um, I just couldn't, you know take it and, and use a name of a character that already exists. I couldn't call him Kermit you know, and make him a green frog. That would be illegal. But <laughs> <laughs> So this is public domain. And I, so the same true like for Shakespearean productions? Yes, Shakespeare yeah. is, is also in public yeah. domain. That's true. In fact, we're actually public domain is a fascinating thing. We've got some even some um, some golden age musicals that are getting very close to becoming public domain. Um, so things that are written by Jerome Kern and um, Irving Berlin, they're awfully close. We're almost there where they're going to hit public domain unless something changes. Um, it, it's actually something I'm watching because I'm, I'm a producing artistic Yeah, director. sure. So yeah. we're all kind of watching this carefully just to see what happens. But after a certain number of years, things do fall into public domain, and that's just law right now. Yeah. That's why Shakespeare is so overdone lately. Yes. So people don't have to pay royalties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 Gilbert and Sullivan is another great example. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Gilbert and Sullivan is all in public domain. But that that is a concern, though, for, you know, the smaller theaters that uh, have to take that into consideration. Oh, it should be a yeah. concern for everybody. I mean, every, yeah. I mean, obviously, if it is intellectual property, then you it's you know, you need to be not only careful, but also you owe it to the to the original writers if to yeah. not just do it without permission. Some of those royalties <laughs> are killers. They are. Some royalties can be very expensive. Um, I have always found that most royalty houses are pretty for the most part, pretty well, pretty good about working with you on, on what you think you're going to make on the show so that they're not going crazy. But it, it can be a lot. I mean, on a professional scale, because I, you know, I, I'm the artistic director for North Country Center for the Arts at Gene's Playhouse. Right. Uh, um, royalties can cost us up to $10,000 a show. Wow. Yeah, easily. Boy, that is something. Yeah. So are, how is it based? Is it based on capacity of, of the theater? It's based on many factors. A, it's based on whether you're professional or amateur. It's based on the number of seats. Mm-hmm. They also they look at the number of, of seats you can sell, and they also look at the number of seats you think you're going to sell. Okay. Um, they also look at price. Um, and basically, they're basically what they're trying to do is get a certain percentage of your box office. But they're kind of guessing at what mm-hmm. at what you think you're going to gross on this, and then what how they can take a percentage of that. Now, I know there have been some theaters in the past that have shut down like certain seating areas, like the balcony, for example, to decrease the potential capacity of a show. That is true. And that cuts down on the on the royalty fee. It does because there's less money that can be made on the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes they look at the potential income. So if you're a if you're a nine hundred seat venue and yeah. you know you're not gonna get more than three or four hundred people to come to a show right. and you shut down the balcony 
then they can't say that you're going to make up to 900, you know, you're going to fill 900 seats because you've shut down the balcony. So that will help with the capacity numbers. But I, again, I do find most royalty houses are willing to work with you on, on what you legitimately think you're going to make. Well, it can really backfire too on you because if you think a show is going to be popular and it turns out not to be, you're stuck. Right. I mean, if you think it's going to be a big hit, yeah, and, and then directors spent the artistic directors practically go crazy trying to figure out what's going to be a hit, what's not going to be a hit, and they try to bring these shows in. Like, Mamma Mia, right. that thing's just an ATM for companies. But <laughs> yeah, <you> know. it <laughs> is. You know, though, some companies, including the one that owns Mamma Mia's, um, they do what's they what they do is is really fabulous. They do a guarantee. Um, and then they do a percentage. So in, essentially, they're again, they're looking for a certain percentage of your box office. So they do a guarantee that they think is going to get them somewhat close. Then what you do is you have to pay overages once the show closes to get to that percentage. And to be honest, I'd rather they do that because then if you don't get to the numbers you yeah. thought you were going to, you don't owe them anything else. Yeah. I think that's actually a, a fairer version than some companies do it that way. So Mamma Mia is the, the one musical out there that can't miss, right? It, can't. it we, doesn't <laughs> seem to. We had uh, 2,500 people there last summer for Mamma Mia at Gene's Playhouse. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm yeah. telling you, just people just walk by the theater and throw money at it. You know, <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> the Winnie did the same thing. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. the shows that they think are going to do well sometimes just don't. And, and, uh, it's hard to guess. you yeah. got to look at your audience, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, I, I know there are some theaters that ask for suggestions of, of what, uh, you know, you, you would like to see, you know, in the next yeah, season and that sort of thing. It's hard because the challenge with that, we, we, we're all, I've done it. We're all guilty of doing it. Uh, the challenge is, the, is who's responding? You know, are they really representative of the majority of the right. people or yeah. are they just your, your fans that are going to come to anything anyway? Um, that's part of the trick. I mean, we up and up and. You know, Gene's Playhouse, we are in Lincoln. It's a vacation town. So we have to be really careful about just how many people um, we're actually, you know, who are we selling to and how do we get enough of them to come? It's a really interesting demographic up there. Yeah, it is. It is fascinating. And uh, we'll talk more theater, talk more about the uh, great production coming up of uh, Christmas Carol, the musical ghost story at the Colonial Theater. If you haven't checked out the uh, new Colonial Theater, in uh, downtown Laconia, you should do it. I'm, I'm talking to myself here because I haven't been there yet, but, <laughs> but I will be shortly. We will take a break. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL. We're presented by Northeast Delta Dental. You can check them out at nedelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. More coming up with Ray Dudley and Joel Mercier right here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Welcome back. Kale and Company live for a Wednesday. Great to have you along with us on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 in the Capital Region, 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond. And streaming around the world, around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. We have Ray Dudley in studio along with Joel Mercier, both involved in a great production of A Christmas Carol, the musical ghost story coming up. The, uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend at the Colonial Theater in uh, downtown Laconia. And we talked in uh, the earlier segment about how many cast members there are, but I'm sure there are many people who uh, are also involved uh, behind the scenes in, in this show as well. 
Uh, yes, that is absolutely true. We, uh, I mean, it's a little bit of a different animal than than a than a production that you're sort of putting together from scratch because we've done it several times. Um, so we already had the set yeah. and the costumes and the props, which makes a big difference. Um, because you don't actually need a set designer, you don't need a costume designer, you don't need a props designer, but you do need to need somebody to be able to take the costumes and coordinate them and rework them and, re- and fit them onto the new actors. You do need somebody to put the set together. You do need somebody to organize the props. And on top of that, we've got um, lighting, sound, stage management, you know, <laughs> um, producers. Yeah. yeah, it's a large group of crew members. It's a huge group. Huge. And, and you're doing uh, a total of uh, four shows uh, December 16th through the 18th at the Colonial Theater uh, in downtown Laconia. But it, it takes a lot of work. You, you told me you uh, began rehearsals in November 2nd, which you told me that, that that is not really a long period of time to get ready for a show like this. It's totally true. You know, when, when I'm working uh, professionally up at Gene's Playhouse with a professional company, we bring people in from New York and we work we put a show together in two weeks, which sounds crazy, right? Um, to f- put a full production together, but it's two—it's—it's eight-hour days. You know, it's full days, six days a week, f- two weeks. So if you really do the—if you look at the hours of that, um, and then you take those hours and you compare it to a community theater schedule, which is typically eight to ten weeks, but only three days a week for mm. maybe three or yeah. four hours of rehearsal, it's probably equivalent. Yeah. Um, and so typically, community theater productions rehearse between eight and ten weeks, I would say, on on average. We only are doing about five weeks, then to plus tech weeks. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty short. Did you process. feel my spine shudder when he said that? <laughs> I know it's, it's it's a lot to put together. I mean, because these people have jobs, right? They have day jobs, they work, yeah. they they're students, they're, um, and then they come on Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, and Sunday afternoons, and we we put this thing together. But uh, Ray, you've been around the business uh, for a long time. Three mm-hmm. time, at least three time, New Hampshire Theater Award winner. True. Yeah. Yeah. So when did when did you get the bug? <laughs> <laughs> the acting bug. S- way, 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 way back. Way in back. High school. Uh, in I think they sc- were inventing theater back when I <laughs> first got involved. At Wilmington High. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. So that I speaking of Shakespeare, we were doing the Midsummer Night's Dream, and. Um, I had I had no idea what theater was. I was an athlete back in high school, and they always do a senior class play. And so they brought some of us in, and um, I was just captivated. And I had never seen a play, and so they took uh, some of us from the cast out to Reading. There's a group of players over in, uh, I think, North Reading. And I was captivated. I, I It was a night of one acts, and I sat there stunned at what I was seeing. I could not believe that it was like they had literally taken a portion of someone's life and dropped it right in front of me. I, I, I had just, and that did it. I got the hook from then on. And that was it? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't know it existed. It was just really fascinating to see. Theater to me, life theater, just is, is it's a whole different animal than, I mean, it, because it's actually interactive if you think about it. Even though the audience is fairly passive, if you're doing your job correctly, you've brought them in, and they almost are kind of peeping in on something that maybe they shouldn't be, you yeah. know, or, or, or want to be involved in. And so it's just, and you can tell when you've got them with you. you. You know in the first 30 seconds if you've done your job that whether they're coming along for the ride or whether you've lost them. And if you lose them, Good luck, and, and you can feel that. <laughs> oh on yeah, stage. oh yeah. yeah. If you've done yeah. your, if you've done your job right, yeah. 
um, because they will buy into. You see, we, what we're trying to do is take them on this like imaginary journey, sure. and uh, yeah. we want them to use all of their senses, and it's like a live Disneyland ride. But um, and so if you can get them to buy in early, they'll put up with anything that you can put on the stage at that point. But you got to do a good job. And t- Christmas Carol is just one of those. Right from the start, the get-go. Yeah. I mean, it just opens up with a bang, and you, you're in. You, the Disneyland ride has started. The, everybody's paid their ticket, and they're yeah. in for the ride. Yeah. It's there fascinating. Yeah, no, it's really well, fascinating. We took a different approach to the opening of Christmas Carol than I think most do. <laughs> it's, um, it's, you know, it, we call it the musical ghost story for a reason. It is a ghost story for the holidays, and uh, we, we start right off with that. And that's a that's a little bit different than some than a lot of versions, which start out with a very cheery, happy holiday. When he says scene. it's his Tim Burton <laughs> yeah, version, yeah, yeah. that is not a lie. Yeah, yeah. right. That yeah. is very on the nose. Yeah, that was very a lot of inspiration from that for sure from Tim Burton, just his style. Yeah. His, so his speaking true. of royalties, has he contacted you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hope he's not listening. Inspiration, <laughs> inspiration, not left. <laughs> But uh, no, and so you, it, it opens differently than the than the customary. Well, you know, it's uh, interesting. The yeah, I think I think a lot of versions open with a big holiday street. Sure, London that's scene. that's what that's, I'm that's used pretty to. Pretty yeah, traditional. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, the the novella. Yeah. What are the first words of the novella? The first the first words are you know Marley was dead to begin with. That's actually how the story starts. Uh, so I again going back to the novella and trying to use the, the what what Dickens wanted his audience to take from it back then and, and make it appropriate for a modern-day audience, but still keeping the magic of that time period, um, I, that was my inspiration from the get-go. So I start with the death of Jacob Marley, basically. Yeah. 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 It goes dark fast. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but, but, but to, to, but it's, also, it's also everything you want it to be. It's happy. It's joyful. It's, it's family-friendly. It's, it's a fabulous piece. It's just it, we do push the envelope just a, a tad on some of the scary aspects, as we do on the funny aspects, and we do on the, on the emotional heart-tugging, you know, heart-string-tugging yeah. aspects. Um, I think the idea was to just try to create a broad range of emotion. Yeah. And this is your first time playing Scrooge. It is. Yeah. 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 I, uh, there's a track record out there. John Conlon. Set the standard as far as I was concerned. Yeah, John played it for me for many years. Yeah, did many different produ- different. Um, produ- it's the same production, but at different theaters. Uh, but then he uh, couldn't do it last year, and we sort of moved to different. Uh, started working with other actors in the part. So yeah, so the lineage is there. But yeah, it's it's nice to be doing it. It's a lot. It's a lot more work than I thought. Yeah, it, <laughs> really? It, it, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you were talking earlier about how just it's it is. You're not very. You felt like it might be passive yes. in a lot of ways because yeah. you get to just watch so much. So I thought, I thought, ignorantly that I was going to help with the opening and kind of set the tone, and then the phoenix would rise at the end. And but in between, I just got to watch, and uh, that's not true. I I do get to watch, and there are some fantastic things that are going on that I get to watch, but. I actually have to be able to react to them. So I'm on stage all the time reacting to different scenes from my life or his life and uh, past, present, and possibly future. And um, it's one of the most difficult things I've had to do because I can't upstage people who are doing things on stage 
but I have to be present in the moment because it's my life, his yeah. life being portrayed. And you have to react from time to yeah. time. Yeah. Well, yeah. and the stories yeah. are there for a reason. The reason he's being shown these scenes from his past, present, and potential future yeah. are, are so that he can take them in to hopefully make a, the right decision moving forward. Mm-hmm. So if he's not reacting, if he's <laughs> not responding, it, it's hard to really buy at the end that he's actually changed. Right, yeah. right. Boy, that, that's got to be tough. Yeah. Well, so you're as an actor, you're used to to being mobile. You're, you're used to doing things, and right, right. And it's yeah. much more involved because it. I have to do more facially mm-hmm. because I don't want to upstage anything that's happening. You know, I, it 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 really is a challenge. I, I was exhausted by the end of last night because the sure. first time we did it, and I really had this uh, false idea that I would help sing the opening number, I'd sing in the end number, and I would just coast in my little wheelchair and, you know, <laughs> right off into the sunset during the It's not at all like that. No, no. It's, it's tough. It's funny. A lot of actors find it harder to just be present and not have to do anything than when they're given very elaborate staging brutal. choreography. It, yeah. yes. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's People are that, almost yeah. more frightened of just being still or not saying things than they are of of, of having lots of lines. And I having am lots constantly of aware of that. I'm standing there on stage thinking, should I be doing something? Should I not be doing something? Should I? It's awfully long. <laughs> the no. dead song. The dead song is there forever. <laughs> well, you'll have a chance to see it, folks, coming up uh, December 16th, Friday night, 730, Saturday, December 17th at 2 and 730, and Sunday, a matinee at 2. And uh, you can get tickets right now. Even as we speak, just log on to ColonialLaconia.com. ColonialLaconia.com. You can buy tickets before this next break is over. Right here on WKXL. We're chatting with uh, Scrooge, Ray Dudley. Yes. And uh, the driving force behind A Christmas Carol, the musical ghost story, Joel Mercier. The legend. The legend. the, (laughs) The New Hampshire musical theater legend. Joel Mercier. No no doubt about that. We'll be right back after these words. It's Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live here on a Wednesday, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Chatting today with Joel Mercier and Ray Dudley from A Christmas Carol. The musical ghost story coming up a week from this weekend, if I can put it that way, at the Colonial Theater in uh, downtown Laconia, the uh, very much refurbished uh, Colonial Theater in in downtown Laconia. We were talking uh, during the break about uh, what an impact uh, this theater is having already in downtown Laconia. Absolutely. I, I, you know, we... So, so this is a joint project between Gene's Playhouse, which is up in Lincoln, New Hampshire, a very different area and community, mm-hmm. and then the Powerhouse Theater Collaborative, which is um, the resident theater of the Colonial. And one of the things, one of the reasons we wanted to do this with them, and one of the reasons we wanted to come to Laconia, was because of the Colonial. Um, it's pretty fascinating to me that that the town of Laconia had decided to to put all this money into, you know, refurbishing and, and re, um, you know, bringing the colonial back in order to, re, you know, rejuvenate their downtown. And it 
it has seemed to work, especially during COVID where the arts are not having as great of a time. Right. Um, it's pretty impressive. And it, and I certainly hope the state is taking a look at it because it's, you know, a lot of, we always, we in the arts always say, you know, oh, you know, the arts brings community together. You, you know, we, should, we can't lose the arts. It brings everybody together. Yeah. And uh, this is proof. This yeah. is total proof that it works not only from an artistic and cultural standpoint, but from actually from a business standpoint. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, I, I had heard rumors about them trying to get money to, yeah. to uh, revitalize the theater. And I said, seriously, Laconia? Right, really? Right. I mean, I know Slam the Laconia, no. but I just, I couldn't get my head around yeah. the fact, I thought of all the other places that could probably need funding or, you know, but it it's worked out. Well, it's important to say too, it's not, it wasn't a renovation, it was a restoration project. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge. And, and they got a lot of grants because of that, but they also had to put a lot, they also had to match those grants and they had to put a lot of money into it. And um, the, the reason to do that was again, to revitalize the downtown, to get more businesses to open up, to create a, a, a unique downtown area. And it, in just, I've only, you know, we did, this is the second year we've done Christmas Carol. So I've been there essentially last December and this mm-hmm. December. And it, it does appear to be working, which is so exciting. Yeah. And really amazing. Yeah. And they have a good schedule of shows uh, coming up uh, beyond uh, A Christmas Carol, the musical ghost story, and a great schedule uh, yeah. coming up uh, uh, during the next uh, few months as well. So uh, looking forward to uh, more from them. And uh, and it is. It, it does mean so much to a, a community. You can see what it does uh, in Concord, we're blessed to have three theaters here Absolutely. Uh, in, in Concord now. But I, I would have to think, uh, gentlemen, that for a, a state of this size uh, here in New Hampshire, our, our, our theater, uh, is, uh, theater is very vibrant uh, in this state. It is. It is. We have, we have both on the professional and the community scale, we have quite a bit of theater here for such a small state. Um, I will say it's been a tricky couple of years. You know, we, sure. all, oh, we all think with COVID yeah. and, and obviously our mindset is is that COVID is, you know, we're, we're all moving on. We're all um, the arts have have not quite come back the way that they we would have liked to have seen them by now from COVID. We um, even even major theaters like the Capitol Center um, here in Concord and the Palace Theater down in Manchester and everywhere else. Um, you know, we're still seeing smaller numbers than we did mm-hmm. pre-COVID. We're still um, experiencing less donations. We're still experiencing... The newest thing that we're hitting is just we're not seeing the same amount of pre-sales. So you never know if a show's going to sell up until the day of or the day before because, you know, if somebody gets COVID, then they're not, you know, they don't want to come, right? <laughs> so And they don't want to lose their money on the ticket. So um, it's it's been an interesting transition. And I only bring that up because like, people do need to, you know, if you care about the arts, you, you do need to still be throwing your support at it because it's not... It's, we're not out of the water yet. But but that said, New Hampshire does have a huge amount of arts, and they're all doing their absolute best and still producing amazing things. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, one of them is coming up uh, December 16th, starting December 16th, 7.30 at the Colonial Theater in Laconia. 7.30 performance then, and a Saturday, two performances, 2 and 7.30, and Sunday, a matinee at 2. Uh, ColonialLaconia.com is where you can get your tickets for Christmas Carol, the musical ghost story. And uh, Ray Dudley will be uh, performing for the first time as uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, <laughs> I, I can just picture you in that role. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, but I can. I can. <laughs> you could have said something sweeter, but all right. No, I'll, I'll no I can. That. I can. So, so what are some of your favorite roles over the years? Uh, I've been fortunate uh, 
I've really been blessed. I've I've been able to play Harold Hill in The Music Man, Pontius Pilate in JC Superstar. Um, I, I've John Adams, seventeen seventy six. Um, I'm in, and yet, as Joel will attest shortly, I am not a singer by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but, but neither was Rex Harrison, you know. So thank you. Yeah. Okay, that, I'll take that compliment. Thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I've just been, I've been really fortunate, and a lot of those have been in New Hampshire, and um, I, I just have, I've been graced with um, the ability to have people like Joel. Um, uh, other uh, groups who have contacted me and uh, just tapped me on the shoulder, the Winnie sometimes jeans, you know, and offered me things that uh, help out. I, one of the great things I did up at Jeans was I, it was a small thing, but when we did um, sleeping, um, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was a, you know, I just had a, well, Maurice. I played a dad. <laughs> you too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm noticing the trend here, but um, but it was so much fun. You know that was a great role, just small, sure. but it. Titanic. We yeah. did Titanic up there. I played Captain Smith, sunk the boat. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. So, what was your path from uh, from Wilmington High? Your first uh, first production. Uh, what did you say? Midsummer Night's Dream. It was. And, and then, oh. where did you go from there? Um, I think it's funny. Um, I had come back to New Hampshire after spending eight years in the Midwest, Wichita, Kansas, and I went to see, I thought, well, I might get back in theater, and I went down to the Palace Theater, they were doing a, a Day of One Acts down there, one act competition, and I saw John Conlon in a play called Lone Star, and I said, oh, oh my God, there's decent theater here, and I went up and contacted the community players and started working with them. And then kind of grew up Sandcastle. I had part with uh, Sandcastle for a while. And um, then Jeans and then the Winnie. And it, it's just been it's been a great ride for me. I have no complaints. And three awards. I had three awards. What did you yeah, win the awards for? Um, I did uh, Big Daddy in um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. I was uh, one for, um, uh, God, the Winnie. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. This is age. That's, this is, this a, that's okay. I, I know. I know how old you are. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. I, I, we'll just leave oh, it there. Oh, how young you are. You're still a young man. <laughs> well, speaking of that, Tower of Power is going to be at, uh, at the Colonial ah. in, uh, I think it's February. They bring yeah. in a lot of great acts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it is great to have that in, in downtown Laconia because certainly that area uh, needed some revitalization. Sure. Yeah. And sure. Uh, the... You know, the restoration of the theater was just uh, terrific. It was a long time uh, in in the works, but uh, they Absolutely. got it done. And yeah. and to be honest, you know, when we when we came in last year with Christmas Carol for the first time, we had no idea whether people would want to see it. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, obviously in Manchester, it's a huge tradition, and sure. they get twenty, yeah. thirty thousand people a year mm. see it. Um, but we we didn't even know if we'd get a couple hundred. You know, <laughs> we had no idea. Yeah. And that theater seats, I think, roughly seven hundred, yeah. somewhere around there, six fifty to seven hundred. And uh, sure enough, we were uh, 20 to 30 seats of being sold out at all three performances, which is why we added the fourth this year. Um, And it was just amazing. It was amazing to see that gorgeous theater with that balcony and everything just filled to the brim enjoying this amazing Christmas show. You know, I mean, they just ate it up. They loved it. And it was just so fun to see people just getting into the spirit and, and enjoying theater. 
You know, I'll say this too about the cast. Um, you know, we, we call it a community theater play, but there are some extremely talented people. I mean, extremely talented people who are on that stage. Mm. And the ability to know that they have your back and they can take your back when you, you know, they're just wonderful people. And it's, it's a, a pleasure to watch them. I mean, we, have, we bring in a lot of other community people, but there are folks who maybe in another life could be performing somewhere else and actually making money off it, you know. Or, oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, New Hampshire has such an amazing wealth of talent. Oh, it's just deep. Locally yeah, speak, it is know? amazing. I mean, it's really worth, for such a, as we were saying, for such a small state, it's, yeah. it's just shocking how much theater it really, and talent It there really is and truly is. Uh, can you give us, uh, Joel, any uh, any hints as to what may be taking place this summer at Gene's Playhouse? Oh, well, you know, I, I, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, I, I can tell you, I can't actually announce the season yet. We do know what it is, and it is set, and uh, but we haven't officially announced it ourselves yet. Um, what I can say, so we've been doing a show on the, we've been doing, we, we did Sound of Music last year um, as part of uh, our, our, our On the Mountain concert series. We sort of do this, we do this um, show on the mountain every year. We start from out of COVID and it's just been fabulous so we're doing it again so we have our show on the mountain and then we have two big musicals in the theater and then a very famous play taking place at the end of the season so that's our we that's our kind of our season our structure we do four it's going to be very very exciting um all I can say is that for I'll give you one hint for the season for the for the mountain show for the show on the mountain, you'll just have to um, you'll just have to follow a very famous road to get there. Ah, uh, nuggets. Is it, is it YB? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. It might be. It might be. I can't say anything more though. Huh. All right, I'm huh. all right. Uh, my lips are sealed. Ray Dudley, Joel Mercer, you guys have been a, a delight, and we look forward to seeing you in uh, Christmas Carol: The Musical Ghost Story coming up. Uh, Friday, December 16th through Sunday, December 18th at the Colonial Theater in downtown Laconia. ColonialLaconia.com for tickets. And gentlemen, thanks so much for spending the hour with us today. Thank thanks you. Thanks for having us. Much appreciated. And, uh, and, and Catherine Martinez, part <gasps> of that cast as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And she has been since and, 2017. And she is worth the price of admission. <laughs> Correct. All by herself. Correct. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Kale and Company will return tomorrow.